Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we're helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all, or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can go to mynsc.org happenings. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout the week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Well, good morning, everybody. You're doing good? You look great today. Are you ready to rock and roll? Let's do this. Get out those sermon notes. I want to um, start with a portion of scripture that is not on your sermon notes today. This is something that I, I, I didn't know if I was going to share necessarily today, but um, there, there are times where you, where you prepare everything as a, as a speaker, as a, as a preacher, and, um, and then so, sometimes apparently during the week you don't listen to God as much as you should because on Sunday morning God says, oh, I want you to share this. And I'm like, you could have told me a few days ago, but... It's not his fault, it's mine, everybody. I just got to tell you that. It's never God's fault. Can I get an amen to that? All right. So uh, I want to share a, vo- a verse of scripture out of Isaiah chapter 43, verse 7. And, and again, it's not in your notes on the screen or anything like that, but it, this is what it says. Everyone who is called by my name, so this is God speaking, everyone who, who is called by my name, I created for my glory. I formed him. Yes, I made him. So you were created, and I'm going to prove this to you in the New Testament in just a second, but you were created for the glory of God, for the glory of God. Now, I want to teach you something about, I, I'm, I'm going to come out swinging today. Is that all right, everybody? I'm going to come out swinging. Uh, so you were created for the glory of God, and that word glory is, is in the Hebrew is the word kabod, and it means glory, it means honor. But, but if you know anything about the Hebrew language or have heard this word kabod before, you also know that it means heaviness or weightiness. That's what it means, heaviness or weightiness. Okay, I'm going to say it like this, that you were created for the glory of the Lord, for the glory of God. There is a heaviness or a weightiness attached to it, meaning this, that you are not meant to carry worship. You are meant to release it. You're not meant to carry it. You are meant to release it. Now, a lot, a lot of people, in fact, we, you, we say this way, that you're wired for worship, that you that every single one of us has worship inside of us and every single one of us is worshiping something or someone. So worship is meant to be released, but it's meant to be released to God and to no other. There is no one like our God. Can I get an amen to that? He alone is worthy of worship, the Bible says. He alone is worthy. And of course, we're talking God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three in one. Okay. So your worship is not meant to be carried, or it is meant to be released. So if you try withholding worship, can I tell you, it'll weigh you down. Now, a lot of people are, are really avid worshipers of God. That's great. That's how we're meant to live life. But everybody is worshiping something or someone. Some people in today's culture, they worship themselves or, or else, you know, they worship the human body. How many times... Have you, for all of those who have been on social media or are on social media, that you know a lot of social media is, you know, worshiping the human body and, and either they want you to look at them so, so they're showing their skin or they're showing their muscles or they're showing their physique or they're showing their makeup tutorial or they're showing, it's like, look at me, look at me, look at me, I want affirmation or, or it's, it's, hey, I want to look at you, and I want to look at you, and I want to look at you. And, and the Bible talks about, did you know in Romans chapter 1, talks about worshiping the human body. It's one of the reasons I, I'm not on social media anymore. Um, 
And I, I, I know you, a lot of you already know that, but it was grieving me. It, it was grievous to me to, to know that so much emphasis is put upon the human body, which is God's creation instead of the creator, God himself. Can I get an amen to that, somebody? Okay, the human body is not meant to be worshiped. We are meant to worship God and God alone. Again, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And you were created for the glory of God. And your worship is meant to be released. But you need to release your worship towards God and God alone. Okay, I'm going to show you this now in the New Testament. And, and I want to make kind of a, a statement but before we do that. In fact, let me, let me pose it at this. Let me ask you a question. If we were passing out grades today for you concerning your worship, do you worship, if I were to ask you this question, do you worship in spirit and in truth? And, and I want you to grade yourself. A plus being the best, and then of course A, B, C, D, or F. If I were to say, are you a worshiper? Are you a worshiper? How would you grade yourself? How would you grade yourself? I don't think anybody in this room, including me, I graded myself. I, I, took, I took my own test, and I did not make an A+. Plus. Let me tell you that. I don't know that anybody in this room would make an A+, plus on this test. Like, A+, plus is perfect worship. Nobody in this room is going to get an A+. Plus. But what would you get? In fact, maybe as you're grading yourself, would you get an A? Would you get a B? Would you get a C? Let me ask you it a different way. What would your spouse grade you as? What would your children or your grandchildren grade you as? What would your coworkers grade you as? If I were to ask your spouse, well, grade, grade, grade your husband, grade your wife as far as a worshiper goes, rate them on, on this grading scale, A, B, C, or D. Would you get a C? Would you get a D? Would you get an F? And you say, well, well Pastor Justin, that's pretty personal. You know, worship is... It is really very personal to me, and I don't have to show it to be a person of worship. I want you to pay attention today. All right, I told you I was going to come out swinging. Let's, let's read this scripture in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says, but you, new song, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are, new song, you are God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his glorious light. How many of you have been saved by grace through faith? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay, new song. You are God's special possession, and you have been called to declare the praises of your God. That's why I'm titling this message today, in fact, just kind of part one, Declarations of praise. You are meant to declare the praises of our God. Now, how do you declare the praises of God? And we're going we're gonna to show, I'm going to show you this in scripture, and then we're going to break this down even more. And I'm really going to concentrate on one area today, and you'll, you'll hear about it more in just a second. But we need to read out of Psalm 95, uh, starting in verse 1 and 2. It says, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord, let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. That was Psalm 95, verses 1 and 2. Now, I'm going to skip just a little bit, and I want to give you point number one right now, that order is important. And I'm not talking about orderly worship necessarily, although that's very important too. I'm not talking about orderly worship. I'm talking about order, the order of worship. 
Like, in, in what process do we worship? What is the process of worship? So now we're going to go back to Psalm 95, verses 1 and 2. And it says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and with song. That word extol is a word that we don't really use in today's language. The root word of it in Hebrew is ruah. And it's very significant. It's, it's, very, it's very loud. It's very seen. It is something that can be shouted. It's very prominent would be that word ruah. And so to extol him is an outward expression of praise, of praise. Can I tell you something? That, that order is important. When we come before the Lord together corporately or even personally in, in private prayer and worship to the Lord, I would highly encourage you to start with praise. Don't, don't go into worship first. Just start with praise. In fact, you're going to notice something here at New Song, and, and I've been doing this ever since I was a, a, a worship pastor, and then I, I hold New Song to this, even to this day, that every single Sunday we're going to start with a song of praise every single week. Why? Uh, it, it's, it's based upon the Word of God. In fact, we used to sing this Back in the, in the 80s, some of you will recognize this, this little chorus that we used to sing. It, it used to go like this. Um, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. How many remember that? Okay, that's a Bible verse. We enter his courts with praise, the Bible says, with praise. That's how we enter his courts. So we don't come into his courts with worship. We come into his courts with praise. Praise is an outward expression of joy, of gratitude, of, of, of honoring God for who he is, not even necessarily what he's done yet, but for who he is. So praise is something that we start with every single Sunday here at New Song. Why? Because praise is important. So is the order of our worship, the order of our worship. We start with praise. By the way, Praise is contagious. One of the reasons that we start with praise, I've heard it said like this. I don't know that I fully agree with it, so I'm just going to say this, that I heard one pastor say that praise is for others, worship is for me. I, I don't, I, and I know what he, he was saying it in the context of his, his sermon. I don't know that I fully agree with that, obviously. But what he was saying is praise is contagious. So when, when we enter into this place and we're praising God, and, and we're lifting up our voices and we're singing and we're saying hallelujah and praise the Lord and all of those things, that actually that's contagious, that there's a lot of people that come into this place that, that have had a rough week, they've had a rough month, and they're, 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 they're just discouraged, there's some heaviness on them, and all of a sudden they come into an atmosphere of praise and they see other people praising and it ignites something inside of them, like Oh, yeah, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. And all of a sudden, they start to sing. They start to smile. They start to worship themselves or praise God themselves because praise is contagious, everybody. What praise does is it takes our eyes off of us and puts it on the one who deserves it. Can I get an amen to that? That's what praise does. That's what praise does. So we come into this place with praise because order is important. So we start with praise, but we don't stop there. And then we need to worship the Lord. I'm going to read this out again, going back to Psalm 95, just a few verses later. Verse 6, it says, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. 
So after we enter his courts with praise, we actually turn our hearts and we start to worship the Lord. And worship is an act of praise, but there's some differences in worship. In fact, one of the ways that we worship the Lord, according to Psalm 95, is that we kneel in worship before the Lord. That there is a, let me say it this way, that worship, worship involves a posture, and not, not only a physical posture, but a heart posture, that I'm, I'm humbling myself before the Lord because I am, I am a sheep. I'm part of his flock, and he's my shepherd. And when I worship him, according to Psalm 95, when I worship him, he takes care of me. Now, I want to read this again. Psalm 95, verse 6 and 7. Is it okay if we study the Bible this morning? Is that all right? Because I'm doing it anyway. I don't care what you say. I'm going to do it anyway. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. So I'm talking about posture before the Lord. We, we humble ourselves before the Lord because he's the shepherd, and we are under his care. So when we are worshiping the Lord, all of a sudden, he starts doing things inside of us, fixing us because we're broken. He, he's, he fixes us because we've experienced some things this past week or this past month or this past year. And he says, listen, I, I see your brokenness. I see your heart. I, I see the, the things that you're, you're casting to me, that you're handing over to me. And I want to heal you. I want to take care of you. The Bible says it this way, that in his presence, that there is fullness of joy. Did you know that? That, that as we posture ourselves in front of the Lord in, in humility and in worship, he says, oh, you need some joy. There you go. Oh, you need some healing. There you go. Oh, you need some peace. You need some comfort. There you go. How many have ever been refreshed, miraculously refreshed, as you worshiped the Lord? Raise your hand. You see what I'm talking about? And, and I, I'm making that sound on purpose. You know why? Because there is no word in our human language for the Holy Spirit, that the literal meaning of the Holy Spirit is, is breath or, or fresh air. And it, it, that's why Jesus, I've taught you this before, it's why Jesus, he looked at his disciples, King James Version, and he says, receive ye the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says he breathed on them. Remember that? What he was doing was he was showing that the Holy Spirit is a breath of fresh air in your life. You can be healed. There's joy. There's peace. And when you worship the Lord, you are you're part of his flock, and he's going to take care of you. He's going to heal you. He's going to, he's going to mend your broken heart. But there's a posture involved. There's a posture involved. I'm going to praise him because he's worthy of it. And I'm going to worship him not only because he's worthy of it, but because worship is something that I need to release in my life. It is not something I'm meant to withhold. It's something I'm meant to release. And when I release it to God, the way it's meant to be released, he's going to bring healing to my life because I'm under his care. I'm telling you, one of the most powerful places of ministry, the, the, let me say it this way, one of the most powerful places where the Lord can minister to you is not only when somebody is laying hands on you and praying for you, but it's when you are kneeling before the Lord in humility and worshiping him in spirit and in truth. I'm telling you, he brings healing to your life. He brings healing to your life. 
That's what he does. And so order is important. Order is important. So every day, I'm not talking corporate, I'm not talking only corporately, but even in your prayer time, your own prayer time, your devotional time, and, and you start to pour out your heart before the Lord. I would come before him with praise if I were you, because that's what the Bible says to do, and order is important. So I'm going to praise him. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you. And then I'm going to cast some cares upon you. I'm going to ask you for some things. I'm, I'm going to pray according to your will. And then I'm going to end it by praising you again. There, there's, there's an order to our prayer. There's an order to our worship. The second thing is, write this down, that worship is a choice. It's not an emotion. It's like love. Love is a choice. It's not an emotion. It leads to emotions, but love is a choice. Your worship will lead to emotional experiences, but make no mistake, praise and worship is a choice. It's not an emotion. So worship is oftentimes misunderstood that, it, that, that people will say, well, it's a feeling that comes upon you. Actually, praise and worship is not a feeling that comes upon you. Praise and worship is an act of your will. It's a choice that you make that no matter what I'm feeling today, no matter if I'm in the mood today or not, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to praise God simply because he's worthy. So my emotions have nothing to do with it. Let me ask you a question. It, on your worst day, is God still worthy to be praised? Well, if so, then praise him and worship him. And by the way, that is so. He is worthy of praise. On your worst day, he's still worthy to be praised. So whether I'm feeling it or not, I'm going to praise him. There are some times where I come before the Lord, and I do this daily. I pray, I pray every single day. There's not a day that goes by that I don't pray. And I come before the Lord, and some days it's so easy for me to praise him and worship him. And I'm just like, oh, this is so good. This is so fun. And then other days it's like, I got to do this, and I got to do that, and I got to do this. And I got to call them, and I got to respond to this email, and I've got to go here. I've got to visit them. I got to make sure that so-and-so is taken care of. And oh, by the way, I've got to prepare a sermon for hundreds of people. That's no small thing. And I got my mind is just racing. My mind is racing. And I tell myself, Justin, calm down. Because God is worthy of praise. He's worthy of worship. And I start, and I, I'm telling you, every single day, I just start it like this. Father, I start my day by saying, hallowed be your name. Even in my distraction, I, I just take my thoughts and I hone them in to, to the praise that God is worthy of. And I'll praise him anyway. And I'll worship him anyway. And sometimes my emotions are not attached to that. Most of the time, my emotions will come into alignment with what my words are saying that there are a lot of times that I will begin praising and worshiping God, and my emotions are not attached to it. I'm just doing it because God is worthy of it. But then all of a sudden, my emotions start coming out, and it is an emotional thing. But I do not praise God. I do not praise God because it, it gives me goosebumps. I praise God simply because he's worthy. That's how I praise God. That's why I praise God. And then he, he does things in me, because I am part of his flock under his care, and he ministers to me. You say, every time? Let me say it this way. I don't feel it every time. He's always with me. I don't always feel it. In fact, there was a season of my life, everybody, that lasted for years that I would praise God and worship God, and I felt nothing. And I'm not talking for a day. I'm not talking for a week. I'm not talking for a month. I'm not talking for one year. I'm talking for years, for several years. 
I would begin in praise and in worship, and I mean for years, it was like I was in a drought. I felt nothing. Well, pastor, how did you keep doing that? I just did it by faith. Lord, you're still worthy of praise. I feel nothing, but you're worthy of it. You're worthy of worship. You are the creator of the universe. You are my all in all. Whether my emotions align with that or not, you are still my everything. You are my all in all, and I'm going to praise you with all I have. See, see, my worship is not based upon my emotions. My worship is an act of my free will. It's a choice that I make to worship God. And so it should be with all of us in this room, everybody. Okay, what's this? What's this? I'm going to show you something else. I'm going to prove this to you in Scripture. This is Isaiah 61. This is also what Jesus quoted in, in front of the religious people. He said, by the way, this prophecy is fulfilled. So this is a messianic prophecy about Jesus that he quoted later. And it starts like this. The Spirit of the Lord... God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach, the, to preach good tidings to the poor. And he says this word, he has sent me. Now, he, he says there's a lot of other words in here, like he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to set free the captives, those type of things. I literally just did not have room enough in my sermon notes to put all of that in here. But this is one of the things that Jesus says. He sent me, or God sent me, verse 3, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and watch this, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Jesus is saying, hey, I, I came to, to hand my people, the flock under my care, to hand them a garment of praise in exchange for a spirit of heaviness. I'm talking about discouragement and depression. That is a demonic spirit, y'all. It's the spirit of heaviness, the Bible says. Do you see that in the word of God? It's a spirit of heaviness. Heaviness is not from God, so it must be from the devil. You know what I'm talking about, right? And Jesus says, I'm going to take off of you the spirit of, of heaviness, and I'm going to give you the garment of praise. But new song, listen to your pastor. You got to put it on. You have to put it on. Because there are some days where Jesus said, here, praise me. I, I, I'm not in the mood. Jesus, hey, praise me. You know what? I got to do this, and I got to do this. And if you knew my schedule today, you wouldn't be. No, no, no. I'm telling you, put this on, and I'm going to take heaviness off of you. You need to make an exchange, new song. Every single time that we gather in this room, you need to put on the garment of praise. And it is a choice whether you put it on or not. It's a choice. Now, a lot of people might even say, well, Pastor Justin, I, I, I praise him on the inside. I, I just, I praise him on the, I worship him on the inside. Boy, have I got some words for you today. In fact, write this down. True worship is both inward and outward. For any single person in this room that says, you know what, Pastor, I don't have to express, I just praise God on the inside. Can I tell you, that is so unbiblical and I'm going to prove it to you. There are seven words that, that, that represent praise and worship in the Hebrew language in the Old Testament, seven different words, and I'm going to show you all, all of those words very, very quickly, okay? Seven words that represent praise and worship in the Old Testament. The first one is yada, yada. Yada means to acknowledge in public Oh, but I was just, but, but pastor, I just praise on the inside. I just, no, that's not, that's not biblical. In fact, the Bible says there's something 
that you don't know. That your praise has to be not only inward, but it has to be outward. In fact, let's, here's, here's the example of that, this word yada, Psalm 138.1, I will yada you, I will praise you, O Lord, with all of my heart. What's he saying? I will publicly praise you with all of my heart. I'm going to do it in public. I don't care who's looking. I don't, I don't care who's paying attention to me. I don't give a rip about that. I'm going to praise you in public. Well, pastor, that's just not who I am. See, God didn't create me to be an extrovert. I'm just an introvert. Being an introvert has nothing to do with your praise. That has to do with your personality. Do not let your personality affect your praise. Come on, somebody. Don't let your personality affect your praise. Because it is meant to be an outward expression in your life. Halal, it's, it's, where, it's the root word where we get hallelujah, praise the Lord. Halal means to shine, to boast, to celebrate, or be clamorously foolish. Watch this, Psalm 35, 18. I will thank you in front of the great assembly. I will praise you before all the people. I'm going to shine. I'm going to boast. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to be clamorously foolish in front of anybody and everybody because you are worthy of it. See, whenever you go to the birthday party, and let, let's say your little baby, your little baby boy, your little baby girl just turned one years old, and you're celebrating, or maybe your grandchild just turned one year old, you're celebrating that child. Nobody stands there and just says, I'm celebrating on the inside. Because <laughs> you're going to look at that person and say, you are absolutely nuts. You don't, how many know you don't celebrate on the inside? Celebration is something that has to come out if you're going to really celebrate. And that's this word, halal. It means to celebrate. It, it, it means to rave. How can you rave about somebody on the inside? Honey, do you love me? Well, I, I know I don't say anything, but baby, I'm raving about you on the inside. Well, that means nothing to them, does it? it does, see, that's not, what it, that's not what it means, everybody. You ready for the third one? Barak. It means to bless by kneeling or bowing. How many know it's kind of hard to kneel on the inside? You got you to use your knees for that, don't you? And the Bible says this, Psalm 103, praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. And what he's saying, I'm going to praise the Lord as I'm praising the Lord with all of my soul. Part of that is I'm going to kneel before him. I'm going to bow before him is the word used there. It's, they don't use yadah. They don't use bayrak. They use... Uh, I'm sorry, they don't use halal, they use barak, meaning a, a kneeling before the Lord, a kneeling before the Lord. Can I tell you something? There are times in this room where people will come forward and they'll kneel at, at this altar area, they'll kneel at the front and worship to God. And can I tell you, they have freedom to do that. You have, let me say, not just they, you, you have freedom to do that. Why? Because it's biblical. And if you see somebody kneeling before the Lord, here's what I do, I see them and I, I see them kneeling before the Lord. I just say, bless them, Lord. And I go right back to my worship. Just bless them, Lord, whatever they need, because they're a sheep in your care. They're part of the flock under your care. And I pray that you just bless them with whatever they need. Because it's a posture, and it's not just a physical posture, it's a, it's a posture of the heart. Everybody's seeing this? Okay, the next one is 
uh, zamar, it means to make music to God with instruments or with strings. In this case, specifically with strings, but with instruments. Watch this. It's good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High. We're talking zamar, everybody. It's good. It's good to use instruments. In fact, read Psalm 150. If you think instruments are not from God or for, to be used for praise to God, read Psalm 150, and that'll rock your world. In fact, I would really encourage you, be, be very grateful for those in our, that, that God has just gifted to play drums and keyboards and guitars and, and sing everybody. You know what that is? It's praise on instruments, and it's biblical. For the churches to say, oh, we don't, we don't think any instruments are biblical. We don't praise God. We just use voices only. I don't understand that because it's so scriptural to use instruments while praising the Lord. The next one, Shabbat, to address in a loud tone, to shout or command. Well, I'm shouting inside. No, you're not. No, to, to address in a loud tone, to shout. What's this? Because your love is better than life, my lips will shout your praises. My lips will glorify you. So every now and then, somebody in this room, in fact, I, I hope it's even more than happens right now. You're going to hear a hallelujah. You're going to hear a praise the Lord. You're going to hear somebody using their mouths to glorify God. I'm telling you, it's biblical. And you don't do that on the inside. I should say this way. It is an outward expression of what you feel on the inside or what the word of God tells you to do, whether you feel it or not. It's just an outward expression. I'm going to say hallelujah. I'm going to say praise the Lord. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say words to the Lord because words are powerful, everybody, and they mean something. Uh, Tada, it means to lift one's hands in adoration. Psalm 50, verse 23 says, Whoever offers hands lifted in adoration glorifies me. Whoever, whoever offers praise glorifies me. The Bible says that we come into the sanctuary and we lift our hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, is what the scripture says. So, so every week, we're going to be giving you opportunities to lift your hands to the Lord in praise and in surrender. Why? Because it's biblical. You see that, everybody? You see it? And for the churches, oh, we just don't do that in our church. Well, you can ignore the Bible if you want to, but I don't want to. Come on, everybody. Well, we just don't do that in our church. That's just not something that we do. Well, why would you ignore the word of God? I mean, I think you're, aren't we here to learn the word of God and to live out the word of God? I mean, if we're really Bible believers, shouldn't we put these things into practice? So can I tell you something? Lift your hands in worship. Clap your hands in worship. Say some things out loud in worship. Say a big praise the Lord every now and then. And get your worship on, everybody. Get your praise on. Tequila. I didn't say tequila. I said tequila. You're like, oh, I like where this is going, Pastor. No, you stop that. You stop that. Tequila is exuberant, often spontaneous singing. It's spontaneous. It's exuberant. It's, it's all of a sudden you're using words that you haven't used before to praise the Lord. It, it, it's where, in fact, everybody in your sermon notes it's Psalm 40, verse 3. A lot of people think because of, of my background in music and worship leading that when my wife and I named New Song Church that we did it because of, of my musical background. That is not the case. Actually, I came across this scripture, Psalm 40, verse 3, and, and it just, 
it just jumped out at me, and it was very prophetic. And Psalm 40, verse 3 says, He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God, and that new song is this, that many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. They're going to trust in him. And I just thought it was very prophetic. So I called it new, so we called it New Song Church. Why? Because many people were going to see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. This was going to be a church of outreach. This was going to be a church that was going to make a difference for the glory of the Lord and the benefit of those who were lost. So we called it New Song Church. But in that, in that, he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. He put this spontaneous, exuberant song in my mouth. And it was prophetic in nature. Now, prophecy, if we look at prophecy, I'm going I'm to simplify this for you. When I say prophetic in nature or prophecy, it's nothing more, prophecy is nothing more than speaking the heart of God. Think about that. Think about it. Prophecy is speaking the heart of God. So if that's, if that's a foretelling, if it's prophecy about the future, God says, this is what I have in my heart. This is what's going to be happening. And I'm going to tell you about it. But a lot of times, something prophetic could be very, very much here in the here and now, and the Lord will speak to somebody's heart, and you share that, and that's just speaking the heart of God. It's prophetic in nature. And as I read this verse of Scripture, God just spoke to me. He said, this is what I want to do in, at New Song and, and through, through this body of believers. I want many to see and fear and put their trust in me, is what I felt the Lord was saying. I just felt it was prophetic. I felt it was the heart of God. You see that? And it's the spontaneous, God, God, as you're worshiping, God will put some things in you that you could not do on your own, that you could not, that you could not produce on your own. This knowledge and wisdom and these, these thoughts and prayers and words that you couldn't come up with. He'll just, he'll put it inside of you, everybody. A spontaneous song, sing a new song to the Lord. When was the last time you used some different terminology to praise the Lord? I, one time, a long time ago, I, I was praising the Lord, and, and I was just, it was just spontaneous praising. And I, I said, Lord, you're the, you're the apple of my eye. And then I thought to myself, why did I say that? Like, that's kind of old-fashioned. Like, it wasn't a term that I'd ever really used before, but I knew what it meant. And it just came out, Lord, you're the apple of my eye. Like, you're everything to me is what I was saying. And... And then I didn't keep repeating that because I, I didn't wanna, I, I want to, I want my praise to God to be fresh, everybody. I don't want to use the same word. I don't know about you. I don't want to use the same words over and over and over again. Because I, I want see, if I did that with my wife, if I only said the same phrase over and over again, how many knows that just gets repetitive? It, it loses its strength after a while. It loses its effectiveness or its power. You understand what I'm saying? That, that, I can express my love. The more I express my love to my wife in different ways, the more meaningful it is to her. It's very fresh. And I do that with God. Spontaneous, exuberant, singing. Out of all of those things, everybody, out of all of those words that I just described to you, which one of those do you do on the inside only? None. None. Not one of those words is something that you do on the inside only. Every single one of the words that describes praise and worship has to do with an outward expression. Don't you tell me that you worship God on the inside. And I, because I'll tell you, you need to read your Bible more. You obviously don't know the word of God because worship is both inward, it is inward, but it's also outward. 
and it needs to be expressed. See, you're not meant to carry worship. You're meant to release it to your heavenly father. Can I get an amen to that? So worship, number four, worship reminds me. Worship is a reminder to me where I've been, where I am, and where I'm going. I was thinking about this. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 4. He says, we are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. He's saying, I have been persecuted, but I've never been abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. He's saying, I, I've been through some stuff, and I'm going through some stuff right now. But he goes on to say, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Listen, everybody, worship reminds me of where I've been, what God has brought me out of, and where I am now. But also reminds me where I'm going, that my future is bright, that I have hope in Christ Jesus that I've built my life upon a rock and I am not shaken. My eternity is secure. I don't know what will happen in this life, but I know that God is in control and that for all of eternity, I get to worship Jesus face to face, everybody. I know my, what my eternity holds and, and then I worship out of it. I don't know what this day holds, but I know what my eternity looks like and it's glorious and it's great. And it's going to be filled with so much joy, I can't even comprehend it right now, everybody. That's how big it is. Can I tell you something? That God's greatest delight is when you take delight in him. God, this is where I've been. This is where I am. And this is where I'm going. This is where I'm going. And you get the praise in all of it. You get all of the praise. You get all of the glory. Now, I'm going to do something today. I'm going to ask you to stand up with me this morning, and I'm going to speak a blessing over you. This is straight out of the Word of God. Again, I, I, I've connected some, some Scripture with my words, but all of this is Scripture. And what I've decided to do today is speak a blessing over you. And I'm going to speak this blessing today, and I'm going to speak another blessing over you next Sunday morning. And the reason why I'm doing it over the two weeks is because it's too long. To, I have too long of a blessing just to speak on one, on one Sunday, Okay. I, I, I got a lot of things that I'm going to speak over you. Here at New Song, we, we know the Word of God is true, and the Word of God says uh, that those who love the Word of God and speak the Word of God will eat its fruit, meaning that I say it this way, words are powerful and produce results. So I want to use words that are going to produce results, and a blessing will produce results, everybody. It's just the truth. So I'm going to speak a blessing over you this morning concerning praise and worship. And I want you to know that you are standing in a place of freedom in this room. Now, if things get out of order, you have to trust me that I'm going to deal with that. I'm going to deal with it. In fact, I said at the first service, there was an illustration of uh, when I was a worship pastor, we had a couple of people that would come down to the front during the worship time, right, right in front of the platform, and they would just dance and dance and dance and dance. Well, what we saw in the church, what was happening was everybody was looking at the two people dancing and nobody was really worshiping God. They, it, they were just distracting everybody. So I went to the pastor and said, Pastor, what do you want me to do? He said, he said hey, just tell them to go to the back of the, of, the, of, the, of the sanctuary and they can just dance back there, let them worship back there. I said, okay. So I went to the first one. I said, hey, listen, I, I don't know if you know this, you probably don't, but everybody's kind of looking at you instead of worshiping. Would you mind just moving to the back of the auditorium? Just dance up a storm back there. 
So that way you won't be the center of, the, of attention Jesus will be. And the first person said, absolutely, that's no problem at all. And, and, and thereafter, they just, that was their place at the back of the auditorium. And they just worshiped and they jumped up and down. And the other person, well, if that's the way you're gonna be, I don't wanna be here anymore. I'm not gonna to go to this church. Well, see ya. Because you just wanted to be the center of attention. See, worship isn't about you or where you get to stand. Worship is about him. And you can worship at the back of the, of the sanctuary just as easy as you can at the front. You see what I'm saying? Now, and so if, if there are things that are distracting, we'll take care of that. But you are free. Let, let freedom reign in this place. You are free to worship in spirit and in truth. Well, pastor, what if it gets weird? I'm the pastor. I'll deal with that. And you got to trust me. You do, don't you? Don't you trust your pastor? Okay, I'll deal with that. Don't you worry about anybody else. You just worry about you. What's your praise going to look like? What's your praise going to be like? And then do it with all of your heart because he's worthy of it. Would you open up your hands toward heaven and receive this blessing I'm going to speak? My dearest New Song family, oh, I love you so much. And I bless you with a heart of true praise and worship. May his praise continually be upon our mouths as we ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name and worship him in the splendor of his holiness. As we worship the Lord with gladness and come before him with joyful songs, I declare that strongholds will be broken and the supernatural, the miraculous will take place and be experienced by all who enter this house of prayer and worship. New song I speak over you, hearts that extol the Lord at all times. And as you worship and praise God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, that joy would overtake you, and that peace that passes understanding would be your reward. I speak over you a true heart of worship and praise, not only as you gather in this place, but as you gather in your homes, with your family, with your small groups, and in your workplace. And I declare that our Father will put a new song in our mouths and hymns of praise to our God that many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. My dearest New Song family, I speak over you a heart to seek the Lord, accompanied by gladness and rejoicing. And may all of us live our lives with a heart that says continually, great is the Lord and worthy to be praised. New Song, I bless you this day and declare these things in the name and by the power of Jesus Christ, the strong Son of God. And if you receive it today, say amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org contact. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones who God is using to make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Thank you for watching, and we hope you tune in next week.